0: This is The Good Life, food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, Guy Bauer. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Kind of chilly out. Stopped to put gas in the car. Didn't have a jacket, gloves, hat. Thought I was going to die. My car holds 20 gallons or 22 gallons. Holy mackerel. Be careful out there, kids. It's cold, but the roads are good. That's a plus. Uh, hope you had a great week. I hope you're looking forward to the Chiefs game on Sunday. I know Max is. He's such a fan uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, and especially their quarterback. He's a really big fan of that. Uh, Max is working the board. I'm in front of the microphones, and have I got a show for you? Uh, it's just it amazes me how fast time goes by, and 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 some things, but. In 1976, it was late in the year, an article ran in Time magazine called The Judgment of Paris. And I was sitting by the pool at the Officers Club at Williams Air Force Base, uh, pretty much close to being done with pilot training, and I read this article in Time magazine. It's four paragraphs, you know, about half a page. And and I thought, God, this is really great. And of course, if you're familiar with the Judgment of Paris, it's where a great guy who at the time didn't realize what impact he would have on on global wine market in general terms, Stephen Spurrier, who uh, a Brit who owned a wine store in Paris. Uh, probably felt himself somewhat a fish out of water. But he was big on having lots of different wines available, not just French wines. And that was kind of a thorn in the side of French winemaking at the time. They weren't that thrilled with it. And he discovered California wine. He had some help, and he went there, and he tasted wine. And uh, I know from growing up in the restaurant business, my parents' steakhouse had a wine list that was exclusively French, and, uh, and some pretty high-quality wines at a, a very ridiculous price when I look back now at the menu and things. Um, they did the tasting. It was to promote his wine store and show different wines, and they did it blind, and that was unusual back then. Uh, so nobody knew what they were tasting except one guy in the room. George Tabor, the uh, the guy that wrote the article for Time Magazine. And uh, the rest is history. I could talk about this for hours because it intrigues me and it pleases me to no end. Stephen Spurrier, you, you may remember. Uh, I didn't look at the dates, but it was, oh, my God, this makes me feel bad. Ten years ago, maybe, or it was the 30th anniversary. That's I'm thinking right. Yeah, it was in 2006. It was the 30th anniversary of the Judgment of Paris. Steve Spurrier was on the next week. George Tabor was on, the guy who wrote the article for Time. Well, as you may or may not know, Stephen unfortunately left us this past year. I think it was in March. But his legacy lives, and what he did uh, with some help was start Academy de Vin Library and uh academy du vin if i remember right was what he called his wine school his wine classes at the wine store in paris but it's not a library like you go and check out books what it really is is an opportunity to publish high quality wine articles uh from noted winemakers and it started with uh on bordeaux maybe you remember that Uh, i know i spoke about it once on the show Several years ago. Uh, but now there's a new book. Just came out this past October. It's called On California from Nebbiola, from Napa to Nebbiola, Wine Tales from the Golden State. And I, God, I, I, I just wish Mr. Spurrier hadn't left so soon and, and was able to speak to us. But we have got probably the next best thing, I think. Uh, uh, managing Director Hermione I- I- Ireland is uh, w- runs the library and, and oversees uh, the work that they do. And uh, she's nice enough uh, to join us from the UK. I hope it's not as cold there as it is here. Hermione, welcome to The Good Life.
1: Hello, Guy. It's very nice to be here, and thank you for asking me.
0: Well, you know, I almost wish I was there. My wife and I spent three (laughs) glorious years at RAF Alconbury, oh lovely, near Huntingdon in Cambridgeshire, and uh, we'll be back. We're going to London uh, in April of '23. We're going to spend oh brilliant.
1: Well, um, make sure you you get in touch. It would be lovely to meet up in person.
0: Oh, that would be great. And it's not
1: so cold here. It's not warm, but we don't have any snow, at least not in the south.
0: I'm in London. It's not only a little bit of snow on the ground, but it's blowing 30 to 40 miles an hour.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And it's 22 <laughs> degrees. So the windshield's in the single digits, and
1: wow. But yeah, that sounds cold.
0: <laughs> Hermione, let's talk about you. First off, you had the pleasure of uh, being a part of the early days and knowing Stephen personally and and making this happen. Tell me about your journey in wine and what uh, what circumstances led you to work with and for uh, and then become the director of the Academy de Vin
1: of course, well, I mean, I was so lucky to have worked with Stephen, um, and it wasn't for very many months, sadly, because as you say, he, he did leave us in March last year, and I had only joined the year before, in 2020. Um, so several of my colleagues are real wine experts. Susan Keeville, who's our editorial director, has always worked in wine books. I have worked in wine books, but my background is more um, general nonfiction publishing. Um, and I love working in areas um, where you have niche audiences, people you can really talk to and build up a community with. Um, so I was approached by Simon McMurtry who had really co-founded the library with Stephen and with Hugh Johnson. Mm. So Stephen and Hugh were at school together, they were very good friends, and they had been talking about um, wanting to recreate this idea of a library of brilliant, beautiful wine books, um, books that were newly commissioned, but also books um, perhaps that were out of print that had been written in the past. Um, and Simon ha- had published um, Hughes books, his World Atlas of Wine, at um, Mitchell Beasley for many years. He'd also run um which is one of the UK's leading um, wine um, direct-to-consumer companies. And Simon got in touch with me because he knew I was sort of really passionate. I was passionate about wine, but passionate about um, working in an area where you're, you know, you're working closely with your consumers um, as well as obviously with your authors. Um, So, you know, Stephen was passionate about communicating about wine. I mean, he was an educator, but he was far more a communicator than an educator. And he was he was one of the world's most um, democratic communicators. You know, when he died, we were all Blown away by the the number of people who, particularly on Twitter and Instagram, a lot of young people around the world who had said how much time he had taken and with them to help them in their their wine journey. Um, and he was he was always wanting to find out about new things. Um, but at the same time, we you know we we've put on the list some books that deserve to be in print that had been out of print, including Michael Broadbent's Wine Tasting, for instance, um, and Hugh Johnson's The Story of Wine, which is you know the seminal. Um, history of wine it 's a cultural history for you know everybody who has an interest in non fiction um, really um, so yeah that was Stephen's vision, and that 's what i 'm trying to um, to to make you know to keep going um, and i, I think we 're doing quite a good job we 've got fifteen books so far um, they 're getting a very good uh, critical reception on california was chosen by both the New York Times and The Washington Post as one of the wine books of last year so um, you know, we, it, I, I love it. I get to work with some amazing wine authors, um, and it, as you say, some producers. Next year, we're doing a book with Jean-Michel Cars, who's the the man behind um, Chateau Lynch Barge in, oh, the, in Bordeaux, and that's just going to be so exciting. I, I cannot wait. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Oh God! Well, we we gotta we gotta have you back then, and more importantly, I'll see if I can reach out to Jean-Michel. I met him in Aspen, Colorado, at the. Food and Wine Magazine's classic and Aspen. Oh, my God, this is scary. This was probably twenty uh, 22 years ago. Wow,
1: wow. And, and,
0: well, and did a private tasting with him with seven vintages of Lynchbosch.
1: Oh, how lucky. How lucky. How wonderful.
0: <laughs> and then my brother just sent me a six-pack of 2002 Lynchbosch.
1: Oh, wonderful. Good good sibling.
0: <laughs> well, so that, uh, you can see the tie-in. When do you think that book's going to publish?
1: That's due 1st of September.
0: Oh, man, so, that's um, so good.
1: Yeah, next year we're publishing another book with Hugh. Uh, we're publishing his, me- publishing his memoirs, um, which we're calling The Life and Wines of Hugh Johnson, and that's in May. Um, I don't know if you ever read Andrew Jefford. He's a yes. much, much respected um, English wine writer but, uh, who lives in France. So we're publishing a collection of his essays in July, um, and the title's not quite confirmed yet. And then in October, our follow-up to Champagne, so California and Bordeaux will be on Champagne,
0: Oh um, God. And
1: with lots of fantastic writers um, in that, in that. So yeah, looking forward to that one as well. Well, you know, and
0: I can't wait to see them all. Uh, and by the way, having lived in the UK and loved it. Uh, but i'm a big fan of decanter the magazine that that yeah. made things happen i'm a yes
1: we love decanter uh,
0: uh, 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 i'm a a level 1 sommelier i, I didn't go further cuz i don't want to work in the restaurant business or, or do that but uh and and it just i think second to france and somewhere in between france and the uk and, and the united states the uk has played such an important part With people that are, that, that know and speak and share and teach about wine, and Hugh Johnson, oh my God, think he he is, uh, I suppose in some sense people would think him more important to wine than Stephen Spurrier, but from a United States perspective, what he did unknowingly to the global wine market to me is makes him right up there at the top, but. I think yeah. it's so cool. And the books are, in general terms, and I think we'll talk about this more when we talk about on California, but the if you didn't have access to many books, but you wanted to be uh, knowledgeable and have a good background in Bordeaux or California or now looking forward to, uh, to the Champagne book, and uh, uh, these books are so good from so many different perspectives, and I think that's that's the key to their success.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, Susan has a brilliant editorial vision. You know, there are reference books. Plenty of other people publish reference books. Um, Hugh and Jancis Robinson's World Atlas of Wine is, you know, is the best-selling wine book in the world. But frankly, we think that you, if you're just interested in facts, you can get that from the internet um, to a large extent these days. You know, it's always um, being updated. We want to tell the stories about the people and and the places that make the wines. Um, what the ones that the wines that make life worth living. I think to quote um. Stephen. Um, but because, particularly these anthologies, as you're mentioning Bordeaux and and on, on California, um, there are lots of different types of voices in there, so they can tell different aspects of a region's um, wine story, which I think makes it very full. It's you know it's almost as good as being able to go and visit, and you'd have to meet go and meet so many people to get the perspectives that I think Susan has been has done a brilliant job at getting into the book.
0: Well, and but I. I... We should have had Susan on too. Maybe next time when we talk about the next book, because yes,
1: she'd love to come next time.
0: What you just said is so important. It's like everybody perceives wine differently, and these people that are in the book on California or on Bordeaux or hopefully on Champagne, uh, everyone comes from a different background or a different slant on their opinion of the people in the region and and the wines and and. You you don't know it all until you hear more, and of course we'd all like to say we've been there, done that, and tasted all the wines that some of these people get to taste and But when you can read about all those different perspectives, I think it truly gives you a broader view, a better view of a growing region or a state or a country when it comes to wine in general.
1: Yes I mean that that's very much what we're we're hoping to do you know it's um setting the scene for california particularly i mean you know you're looking at the history the terroir, the uh, you know the climate issues recently um the challenges um the competition with the marijuana industry for instance but but really you know a lot of the innovators i mean California has got so many of and has historically always had so many extraordinary innovators and visionaries um you know I think of really. Um, challenged the world of wine and, and made a difference globally, frankly, with you know what they've set out to achieve with their winemaking. Uh, uh,
0: well, well, you know, you were a little bit worried about what we would do to fill 40 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I have so many questions <laughs> and things that I, I want to hear your perspective on, and we'll do some more of that. And we are really going to talk about On California because, like I said, if you wanted a, an insight into what the Golden State has done for wine— and you look at the list of authors and, and, and the preface uh, by Karen McNeil, uh, you, you, you realize you're in for a treat because not only are there great pictures, but it's so diverse in the topics covered and the people who covered them. And I, that, that's the answer. Any one person might sit down and put a book together about California it has been done in the past. But to have all those different perspectives is the key to success. I'm so glad you're with us today, Hermione. I want to take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll come back. And we'll talk more about uh, Academy DuVin, the library, and how people can get involved. Uh, you need to sign up for the newsletter. The newsletter. New- <laughs> I wash my tongue and can't do a thing with it. AcademyDuVinLibrary.com. Uh, sign up uh, to get the uh, the newsletter to learn more. And there's a wealth of information just on the site by itself. And, of course... You can buy books uh, like the Sherry book. I just wrote an article about Sherry that's coming out in Splurge 316 uh, in three weeks. Look for that. I'm Guy Barrett's A Good Life. We'll be right back after this short break. Don't